What is up, everybody? I am so excited to introduce to you my dear friend, Fee Huang. And Fee and I met through doing improv together. And I knew once I started this podcast that he would have to be a guest on here. Fee has an amazing story and we covered a lot. So I broke it up into three different episodes. This first episode, we talk all about our weird paths to improv, but how it's really changed our lives and how much it really applies to life. Fee also shares about his childhood where he grew up as a Vietnamese American in Mississippi, Southern Virginia, and North Carolina, where he had to really adapt while growing up in neighborhoods where he said he didn't see a lot of kids that looked like him. But he loved playing football and basketball growing up, but ultimately things started to change towards the end of high school. He was dealing with a lot of pressure from his parents and his surroundings to really live up to these certain expectations, which a lot of us can relate to. So he opens up about how after high school, he really started to turn to partying and drugs and alcohol to mask some of the stuff that he was going through. And ultimately, a lot of that took a toll on his physical and his mental health. So this episode is jam-packed with so many stories from Fee. So I'm so thankful to him for opening up and sharing all of this. So let's get into it. Here is Fee. Here you go. Fi Huang, one of my improv teammates, seasoned improvisers with the last blockbuster. Shout out. Put a little plug in there. But I am so excited to chat with you about life, basically, because we have some pretty deep life chats, maybe after a couple, you know, vodka sodes. But I've always left our conversations feeling more confident. I don't know what it is about your positive vibes, but I always just get great vibes from you. Like you are, first off, you're too sweet. Um, second off, I am stoked to be on here as well. Um, where does it come from? Wow. Uh, I'm positive because I know how it feels to be down. Um, and it sucks, you know what I mean? Like, and especially with like COVID-19 and just the way people are currently and things like that, like there's a lot of bad juju in the world. So any chance I can to share a little light, spread a little love, like I'm all down for it, you know. Whether you're you're lying to me or not, every time we chat, like I'm like, damn, I'm the shit. <laughs> if he thinks I'm the shit, then okay. <laughs> but you are, and I, like, it's, I don't think it's one of those things where, like, if you felt like, you can tell when people are lying. Let's just be real, you know what I mean? Like, especially us in the improv world, like, you, you we get good feels off of energies and things like that. Well, speaking of improv, so that is how we met. And I want to say, you know, late 2018, throwback to the good old days. Um, and I'll never forget the day. I think it was just a, another class. And you you come rolling in and we're doing warm-ups. And you, like, show up a couple minutes late not to blow up your spot. But you come in with, like, the biggest smile. And you, like, jump in the circle. You're like, hey, guys, I'm Fee. I'm like, damn, I want that guy's energy. Like, you came in hot, and I was like, wow, he is cool. But what what brought you to improv to begin with? Mine mine was such a random route. Brian Lee, one of our mutual friends that's big into improv, he's been like a really, really good friend for me. I've worked for him, things like that. And he was like, yo, why don't you come do improv? Like, you would be so sick at it, like blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what the fuck is improv? That's <laughs> yeah, scary. And I was like, you know what, let me think about it. And then I was like, fuck it, I ain't got nothing to lose. Let's take a class. Took a class and then I was like, 
this is really cool. He was like, yo, you're gonna learn more than just like comedy. You're gonna learn about like life values and like things like that. And like with the industry that I'm in, like the bar industry and the coaching industry, like that goes hand in hand. And like, why not sharpen your blade? Why not learn, learn a lot more? Um, and then I met you guys. Um, I had no intentions of being on a team. I had no intentions of doing it past the first six weeks, uh, the first set, the first level. Um, and then it went to level two. And then it went to level three. And then I met you guys. And then we played our first show. And then it was like, all right, fuck it. Like, let's do this shit. <laughs> well, I'm in too deep at this point. I mean, like, no turning back. You know what I mean? Like, what am I going to do on a Wednesday night? You know, go out and drink and waste money or, like, just waste time. Like, why not do something constructive, meet some new people, learn some new things, and, like, just have fun. Like, as we get older, I'm, I'm a little bit older than a few of y'all, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm old. I don't look old, but I'm old. Um, Your skincare regimen is uh, flawless. We must, we must know. <laughs> two gallons of H2O every day, and that's about it. And I wash my face with my body soap. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. That's the key. Um, but lots of water. That is definitely, definitely the key. Um, but yeah, that's how we got to start in, in improv. It was never really on my radar. You know, as a kid growing up, you're like, oh yeah, maybe I could be on the cover of GQ or maybe I could, you know, be on the big screen and this and that. But then it kind of like loses its luster when you got to pay bills. Um, and then I guess this was like my chance to kind of find that spotlight again. No, but I just remember when I first started improv, I, number one, didn't really have any expectations, but you're right. My like initial feelings about it was just like, screw it. I want to try something new. And, you know, for me, I was coming into this new city, not knowing anyone. And so I'm like, there's no one here to judge me. Like I wouldn't have ever tried something like this. So like, I'm in a new place. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. This scares me. I love the idea of something that scares me, but I really didn't have a lot of expectations other than I want to piss my pants every time <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I love it. That, see that, And I think a lot of us had that same expectation, right? No expectation. Because I feel like we all came from very different worlds, but we all kind of came on a similar path, which is why like our team connected pretty, pretty damn well. And I tell people about our improv team all the time, and I'm just like, these are friends of mine that I would have never crossed paths with. Like, And while I do come from an athlete past playing a lot of team sports improv was a perfect transition into that where I was feeling pretty lost at one point without having that team environment anymore as an athlete and with improv it's really amazing how you're all out here doing something that really scares you and you can tell when your teammates are nervous and I'm sure as hell nervous and you go out there and you do a show and your adrenaline's running and then you finish it and you're like damn we all did that together and you just bond so much over that experience it's very similar to an experience I would have in sports too where you're nervous about a game but you get through it and maybe you're nervous about a fitness test but you get through it because you got your teammates around you and uh, improv really brings a lot of that those same qualities right we're all from different backgrounds different stories and i don't it just somehow clicked and it was just, it's a beautiful thing it's, it's such a beautiful thing i miss i miss tlb i'm ready yeah. to stand on stage again and be weird as scary as improv is like what is it about it that 
you know, like when do you feel like you're you're on? When when does it feel like it clicks for you? Uh, on a Friday, Saturday night, and you know, packed house. You step on stage, and it's immediate. It's immediate light switch. Some people some people aren't able to handle it. You know what I mean? And I get it. You know, you have your hesitations, your reservations, things like that. Um, we all have the jitters. At least I have the jitters before. And then I'm like, fuck. Once I step on that stage, it's game on. It's almost like. It's like you have something to prove, not necessarily to the crowd, but really to yourself. Um, where can I pull my stories from? Where where can I pull this character from? How can I manipulate this or, or use this to my advantage? It's it's a big game. I said, it's almost like life, you know what I mean? You just kind of like, you gotta be able to turn it on or turn it off, or otherwise you sink. And there's so many parallels to life and I think what you said about like when you have moments in a scene an improv scene where you're like oh where can I pull this inspiration from but you can only get to that stage once you're out of your own head because the first phase of doing improv you were just so in your own head like what are they thinking of me like what if I say something weird like how much does that just like sound like life every day <laughs> it, it is 150% life um every day you're forced with these questions of Man, should I should I eat this or should I go hang out with this person or should I make this move with work or you got to be able to to kind of jump on the fly. They're two different worlds but unbelievably similar. This comes back to like just the value, you know, why I started improv to bring more value into my life and I use it every day. There were the first time it clicked to me that improv was applying to my life was I was at a networking event and it was from the jump, the most awkward thing ever. It was like in the back of a brewery. I'm like, this is already sketchy. I feel weird, but I stayed. I'm like, your girl needs a job. So there was like this conversation going on with these two grown men, probably in their late fifties. And I don't even mean to say conversation. They weren't even talking. They were like, do you like purple? Like they weren't talking about anything. And I'm like, pulled something out of my ass to bring something in common for us all three to talk about. Cause I'm like, this is painful. And you know, you never know who you're going to meet and what their stories are, what connections they got, they're going to help you with the job. So you got to strike up a conversation. But I was like, improv helped me because I like, okay, I took something that he said early on, something he said and like tried to formulate a conversation. So it, it really does apply a lot in life, just listening, <laughs> which is hard to do. But you mentioned how this applies to your job now. So t tell me about like what you're, I know you were a jack of many trades. You wear a million different hats right now, but tell me what you are up to right now. At this moment, I am taking over the world. No, I'm trying to, as we all are. Um, I am a bartender um, and a fitness coach. So I deal pretty much with people. Um, to me, it sounds like the best of both worlds because your girl does not hate a drink. And I also love working out and fitness. And so it's cool that you're able to balance that somehow, but I know you are so freaking busy. Like, how do you even, how do you do it? You know, scheduling, writing things down, not over committing um, is, a, is, is a big thing these days. You do seem like a yes man where you wanna please everyone, you wanna be able to help everyone. So was that, did you used to be like that? And you're like, oh shit, I can't handle all this. For years and years and years, it was just, all right, cool, let's do this. I'll, I'll, I'll go here, I'll go there, I'll help you with this, I'll, I'll help you with that. Um, when you get older, like, I'm 33, it, it just, something clicks. You get pushed to a certain point where you have to focus on things for yourself, your family. You can't help people if you're not helping yourself. If you're running on E, trying to help somebody that's on E as well, you kind of just sink the ship. Um, 
Yeah. It's hard not to say yes to everything because you want to be a part of everything too. Oh, the FOMO is real. The FOMO is real. Yeah, you kids in your terms, FOMO. Yes, FOMO is definitely real. Um, it, and it's it's a tough battle, you know what I mean? Because like I, for years I did that. In my early twenties, it was like fuck it, I'm going to this festival, I'm going to this show, I'm going to this party, I'm gonna go six seven days a week, and I'm not gonna slow down. And then my body said, "Yo, pump the brakes." Yeah. Well, <laughs> well. Now that you have pumped the brakes, let's go reverse. Stupid <laughs> analogy there. And I, I want to go back and tell me about Fee growing up. Who was Fee as a 16-year-old? Who was I as a 16-year-old? Man, you're making me think really deep because I, I don't really know what happened. You know, what were you into? Chasing girls, getting all the chicks, you know. Definitely not that guy. <laughs> I was... um. I was the kid that rode in a lot of circles. 20 years I've been in, in the Charlotte area. Um, I was born in Mississippi, uh, was there for five years, lived in Hampton, Virginia for seven years, and then moved here for the rest. Um, lived in the South all my life, so I'm a um, Vietnamese Southern American. Um, I, am, I love my fried chicken, give me my biscuits. Uh, I'm not a country boy, but I'm a country boy, kinda. Um, but I also grew up in the hoods, the hood of the hood. Like, I remember getting jumped as a kid by, like, two kids and then seeing them, like, a year or two later in the grocery stores and, like, like you know and they know and you lock eyes and you give them that look. Sorry, but not sorry. You know what I mean? I remember um, playing football on the streets, you know, or playing basketball with the kids, riding bikes later in my years because I didn't learn until late. That's another thing. I learned things a little bit later. I remember fights. I remember not seeing many kids that look like me growing up in like you know the black vibe or like like black people would grow up you know what i mean like you wore certain clothes you listen to certain music um which i love you know it made me who i am today and, and helped me appreciate a lot of different things i'm an asian guy and i wasn't like your typical asian dude like i wasn't a skinny little smart dude i was a chunky like kind of smart dude that had to find my way so, my parents had a nail salon growing up right across from the high school. So everyone knew, you know, there's the Asian dude with the fucking nail salon, like da 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 da. And then things kind of took a little bit of a dip towards my later years in high school. Um, family issues, life issues, whatever. Uh, kind of slowed down a little bit, stopped playing sports, and started to climb up in the weight. Not to make this super deep, but like, how did you find yourself? How did you identify? As a kid, I don't think I thought about it like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, all right, well, I know I get along with all the black kids where I'm from. I'm gonna go hang out with the black kids where, like, you know, that I meet, or I'm just gonna befriend who I can. Like, that's, that's where I'm talking about, like, adapting and stuff like that, which kind of, in my later years, helped me out. You know what I mean? Like, I hopped a lot of different circles. Like, my clientele at work is the same way, very affluent white rich dudes for the most part you know what i mean but then i got the homies that come in and see me and things like that so um that's i think that's how i identified and kind of like maneuvered my way through without getting like my ass beat or you know so it made me have thicker skin in that sense especially like being a heavier set asian dude you know most asian guys at that time it was like you were 120 pounds soaking wet you know what i mean you was a little dude i wasn't 120 pounds i don't remember last time i was 120 pounds so you talked about towards the end of your high school years you know, you were you were playing sports and then that started to slow down. What was, what sort of triggered that? Losing. Losing is, 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 is hard. I played football from seventh to 10th grade. 
And I was, I was pretty good, you know, played varsity in, in 10th grade. You play for a team that is coached as well as they could be. You see players that just don't have that drive, that same mindset as you do. You know? And it's hard because it doesn't feel fair because you're like, I'm the one that cares so much. But if I'm surrounded by people who don't care, I don't want to be surrounded by that. Where do I go? Again, goes back to filling your cup, right? You're adding on to this cup, adding to this cup, giving everything you got to it. And what are you really getting in return? You're not getting in better mental shape. You're not getting in better physical shape. You don't have a winning record. You're not getting, you know, you know, being in high school, you want to fucking win so that you could become more popular or like get the girls or do this and do that or, or the boys, whatever it may be. And you're not getting any of that. So like, what do you do? Like, where's your breaking point? You know, do you remember there being a day or a specific moment that you were just like, I can't anymore. This isn't for me. I gotta, I gotta find something else. Oh, when I snapped my arm, I realized then we're playing this team out in the country and they play pretty dirty. Uh, they were whooping our ass. Uh, it's an onside kick at 45, you know, they're 45 up. Yeah, I that's so unnecessary. Can we not? Yeah, really? You're gonna, you're gonna like, yeah, you're gonna kick me while I'm down? All right. So I'm on the onside kick team. I see this, this kicker is like 6'5". I'm like, he's huge. He's, he's a lineman, huge. He looks at me. I'm like, oh shit, I'm about to get the ball. Cool. Get the ball, go down like I'm supposed to. The ball's under my arm. Helmet goes on top. Snap immediately. I knew it. So I snap my radii. And then I, oh you know, we try to come back and train afterwards. And we were getting a new coach. But at that, at that point in time, I think I was too beat down to really go back. Um, so that was it. 10th grade year was my last year playing football. And like, I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll just jump into clubs and focus on academics. I think I was just kind of going through a real like change up in my life um with things yeah. going on and stuff like that at the household kind of gave up and that was just the end of it you know? yeah that's and that's a hard transition to make like like would you say early in high school like you like what was most important to you was it football i don't think football was though at one point it was like split second it was but i think like just graduating and like trying to go going to college that's that's what you get pressed at. Like, okay, Asian people can like most Asian people can you know relate with me. Go to school. Your parents want you to go to school. They want you to get your degree. They want you to you know come out alive and well, making extra money doing this, doing that. And I, I live the stereotype. They didn't press it hard like cousins you know that I have or friends that I had, things like that. I had a little bit more leeway because I did play sports. I did do clubs. I did do a lot of things. Um, but they still in the back of their head wanted me to get my four year. You know become a pharmacist or a lawyer or engineer or whatever it may be. So there was that added pressure to just succeed in school. But then that didn't, that didn't work either. <laughs> All right, guys, head over to episode two where Fee shares what his next moves were after high school and how some of the choices he made ultimately put him down a pretty dark and dangerous path that he had to climb out of. <laughs>